Welcome to this podcast from JAMS. Today, we're focusing on internal disputes within healthcare systems. Since the start of the pandemic, we've seen new disputes arise and old ones take on new significance. To walk us through how parties can best navigate and mitigate these disputes, we have two JAMS neutrals with significant healthcare experience, Adrian Publicover in San Francisco and Chris Keel in San Jose, California. So thank you both for joining us. Chris, can you just first clarify, what do we mean when we talk about health systems? What are they and, and who are the major players within a system? Health systems, uh, first, there, there are various definitions and concepts of health systems. Healthcare think tanks provide some guidance on this and have defined health systems of at least one hospital plus one group of physicians or other professional providers. I take a more uh, simple and broad view of health systems and simply view it as a business or organization that delivers healthcare services. And the organization has some form of common ownership or other contractual connection. But very simply, it's a business that provides healthcare. Uh, Major players within health systems include sort of two Two, two groups. One is the uh, professional or clinical providers, including physicians, nurses, other clinicians. And, and with that, we have to recognize that patients, the consumer of the healthcare service, is a major player uh, within health systems. The second sort of core group of, of a health system is the business and, and financial management uh, of, of the business. Uh, including employees, officers, directors, various departments such as HR, finance, legal, contracting, and billing and collection, which is sometimes termed as revenue cycle management. Adrian, what are some of the most common disputes that arise in a health system? Within the arbitration space, we see a lot of what is uh, sort of commonly referred to as provider-payer dispute. It generally involves a hospital or a hospital system suing a health plan for recovery of alleged either non-payment or underpayment on a group of claims. And the, you know, those those cases we've we've had for a while. I think the the thing that's changed this past year and a half has been that a lot of the arbitrations now are proceeding virtually over Zoom. Even for the foreseeable future, I think that uh, the the parties and the counsel involved in those cases have been really pleased with the virtual model in terms of trying to resolve those disputes. And then in the mediation space, we see a lot of employment cases, and it's you know generally hospital employees or physicians. Those can be contractual disputes, wrongful termination, harassment, whistleblower claims. I think Adrian hit it on the head when she said employment is a big area of, of disputes. Employment and staffing is a big area. I also think that physician and provider compensation is is a big area. What about new disputes arising since the beginning of the pandemic, like vaccine mandates, for example? So I haven't seen any lawsuits about vaccine mandates per se. I think that the issues uh, with the pandemic have created an additional stress on the healthcare systems, which has the potential to pervade every area of dispute possible um, and the ADR that comes out of that. 
Chris, what, what kind of effect do you think that the pandemic has had on some of these internal well, disputes? Yeah, we can't overstate the significance that the pandemic has had on changes in the healthcare industry, if you will, and, and healthcare systems in particular. Uh, I think we're seeing staffing shortages, obviously, and that again implicates employment issues. Vaccine mandates, gosh, what a political football and uncertain area, but I think we're going to see disputes arise internally between employees on the one hand or the groups that represent employees and management on the other hand concerning vaccine mandates. And even though uh, courts have recently struck down the uh, uh, Biden administration requirement for vaccines, I, I think that we're going to see further court action in that area. And also we have to recognize that private businesses can still require vaccination. And if they do, and I think healthcare systems will take that step seriously, then we're going to see increased disputes over the mandates. I also think that with the uptick in, in private equity investment, in especially in uh, physician or provider groups, plus an increased activity in mergers and acquisitions and other healthcare combinations, that will also give rise to disputes between the function of the of the clinician or the professional care on the one hand and the mm -hmm. business management on the other. So I think that's uh, going to be an area where internal disagreement and non-alignment will increase. The other area that I think we're seeing or will see in terms of internal disputes is uh, with the increased use of telehealth and telemedicine, I, I think there will be disputes internally over the delivery of healthcare services using that technology and who controls what internally. Mm -hmm. uh, and I also think it will implicate provider or physician compensation issues. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about physician employment agreements and the host of potential conflicts they present? Physician employment agreements are a... a uh, an interesting animal, if you will, because um, the, the physicians are the heart and soul, if you will, of, of health systems and the, and the product or service that health systems provide. And th there are regulatory um, restrictions on, on how physicians and other professional providers can be compensated or what concerns they need to be sensitive to in uh, providing health care. Uh, so, for instance, the Stark Law and anti-kickback statute uh, prohibit referrals and, and, and sort of uh, referral from based upon personal and financial relationships. So how do physicians get compensated? They get compensated by basically two things. One is the uh, three things, I should say. One is the the quantity of care that's provided, two is the quality of care provided, and three is the type of care provided, or are these specialty services. It's a complex model to compensate physicians under services agreements or employment agreements uh, that take into account various factors in all three of those areas, and it constantly changes with the dynamic part of healthcare. So for instance, when the pandemic uh, started in 2020, the volume of patients, the number of patients decreased. And with that, there should have been a decrease, if you will, in physician compensation. 
but health systems decided that uh, with that, they would lose the quality care that the patients needed because physicians would either try to find a different place to provide services or quit altogether. So they adjusted the model and had to incorporate that into the compensation system and hence into the employment agreement process. Specialty groups pose a a different problem because they usually operate in mass uh, within a health system and can add a unique value to the system's practice. And so it's it's like negotiating an, an agreement with, on a constant basis, a valued system or valued component of, of the cl- clinical system uh, within the entire organization. So physician compensation, physician agreements add a complexity that is at the heart of the health system. And if there is some tension between the business side of things and the clinical side of things, that can portend possible jeopardy to critical parts of the practice and part critical part of the system. Adrian, uh, you know, healthcare whistleblower claims can raise the blood pressure of a lot of folks uh, inside health systems. Uh, have you seen an uptick of those and, and what kind of issues they give rise to? Yes, there has definitely been an uptick. And I think that these types of actions have the potential to strain what is already a taxed system. They are expensive to litigate. They are disruptive uh, to the to the business practices of the hospital system. And one of one of the ancillary issues that comes up in these cases uh, is insurance coverage. You know, there are a lot of reasons why the healthcare systems would want to explore ADR for these types of claims and um, to ensure that they have. They're engaging neutrals that have that experience on the insurance coverage aspect of it as well. Chris, can you talk a little bit about the common themes that underlie these conflicts within health systems? There is there is tension on a micro level, if you will, between business and management interests on the one hand and clinician professional quality of care interests on the other. And the magic of healthcare systems is how do those interests join and align to one, make money, which is the business interest, and, and continue to allow a smooth, productive operation from an organizational standpoint and give quality care on a timely basis, regardless of what that care is. It could be acute care, it could be long-term care, it could be medications, it could be emergency care. But it's that it's that merging in a in a smooth and productive way that's the magic. And what happens is there is always some stakeholder, if you will, on the business side that will push back against the professional clinician on the other side saying, oh no, that's not efficient, or oh no, you're undermining our ability to recover and recoup reimbursement from health plans and payors, et cetera. And then on the on the clinician side, they're going, well wait, you're interfering with our ability, you're impeding our ability to deliver quality care because 
you only have your business interests in mind. So that's on the macro level. Micro level. The macro level is when you start getting private equity, SPACs, major investors involved who want immediate, quick gains from their investment in healthcare systems. But that then undermines the long term goal of the provider side of building a sound quality practice to provide high quality health care. So there's that macro tension. So when I refer to this tension, that's what I'm referring to. And, and, it, and we see it, Adrian, when you referred to the, the, the disputes between providers on the one hand and plans and payers on the other concerning either unpaid or underpaid reimbursements, there's a tension there because business management wants one thing, i.e. just settle the darn thing and get as much as you can. The provider side, however, goes, well, wait, it's because of some uncertain term or some disagreement over a term in, in, these, in these contracts, these services agreements, that's giving rise to these disputes. Why can't we resolve that so that we don't keep having to fight each other and, and, and really uh, resolve this at the foundational level. But business management goes and contracting and revenue cycle folks go, yeah, just get rid of it. You know, we need to just resolve this and move forward. Well, I would say just from an ADR perspective, I think Chris has keen insights into the internal workings of this. But I think from an ADR perspective, just following up on what Chris just said about the plan versus the hospital, you know, when these cases come into arbitration, sometimes they deal with issues of medical necessity and where, where I think that the hospital system is in the situation where they feel like the plan is second guessing the services that were provided. And then the other part of those disputes it has to deal with exactly what Chris talked about, which are the, the contract interpretation disputes. When you have arguable ambiguities, how are those, you know, how are those ambiguities resolved? And then what does that ultimately mean for the hospital system in terms of the payments? And the hospital systems have been under financial pressure during this pandemic. What, what kind of impact do you think that's had on dispute resolution? I, I think it's had a huge impact and, and, and twofold. I think we're seeing fewer cases in the arbitration sphere settle because number one, exactly what you just mentioned, the hospitals have been under incredible financial strain as a result of the pandemic. And number two, with virtual ADR, I think it's easier to and more efficient and more economical to actually arbitrate these cases in the in the new virtual world. And I suppose another question, Chris, is just knowing we have these disputes, what can parties do to get ahead of them, to, to minimize, mitigate them in the future if they're seeing disputes of the same kind repeat over and over? The thing that, that systems can do to mitigate, if you will, the disputes isn't so much how do they minimize the disputes? The disputes are going to arise. And this is really a function of, of, of their business organization collaborating with the professional or clinical side of things with the guidance of, of legal, compliance, finance, etc. So the disputes will be there. It's what, what can we do 
as neutrals to help that. And I, and I think the thing that we can do is to step in when the health systems acknowledge, recognize that there's a problem, that there is a, a dispute or disagreement, or not necessarily a conflict, but that the interests or objectives are not entirely aligned. When they can, when they can acknowledge that, call on a neutral to, to come in, to step in and develop with their collaboration, a structure and process to resolve those disputes as quickly if, and efficiently as possible. Wanted to commend to our listeners a, a recent article actually just published in JAMS ADR Insights on December 8, authored by uh, Richard Burke, who is a JAMS Vice President and a, an Executive Director of the JAMS Institute, where Rich sets out sort of in not great detail as Adrian and I have talked about, not the same focus, but what a mediator or arbitrator can do to help structure a process to tackle these disputes. Adrian, do you agree that structuring disputes is where neutrals can really have an impact? I think that is absolutely one impact they can have. I think that neutrals can also be used to help strengthen relationships between the hospital mm-hmm. systems and the and the payors through the through certainly through the mediation process neutrals uh, I've been involved in contract negotiations and helping parties see the limitations with their contracts the ambiguities in the contracts see where contracts can be improved so yeah I think that that neutrals can play several different roles so looking forward what do you expect to see in this space Virtual ADR has created a paradigm for the the plans and the payers to more efficiently and economically resolve their disputes, which might mean less settlements and more arbitrations. But but I do notice that you know even for years to come, um, no one seems to be in a rush to to return to a, a live arbitration setting. Maybe they'll be hybrid, but virtual will definitely at least play a part in the resolution of some of those disputes. I think that 2022, we are going to see, hopefully, the, the pandemics subside and life, including healthcare, begin to level out, for lack of a better term. Having said that, I think we're going to see the same issues that we've identified before internally employment and staffing. Those issues are going to remain. I think we're going to see health systems suffer the consequences of staffing shortages. I think vaccine mandates are going to continue to be an urgent and pervasive topic internally. I think that, again, telehealth, telemedicine, and the provision of healthcare services through that that mode is here to stay, and we're going to see systems deal with the issues that arise out of increased use of telemedicine, including data breach issues, data security issues, who controls or is responsible for what part of telemedicine internally, including delivery of healthcare services as opposed to maintaining and implementing the technology uh, behind telehealth. And I think it's also going to continue to affect 
the issue of provider compensation. Well, definitely things we'll keep our eye out. Um, I want to thank you, Chris and Adrian. Thank you so much for a great conversation. I really appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. You've been listening to a podcast from JAMS, the world's largest private alternative dispute resolution provider. Our guests have been Adrian Publicover and Chris Keel. For more information about JAMS solutions for health systems, please visit www.jamsadr.com slash health systems. Thank you for listening to this podcast from JAMS.